Welcome to the official podcast of the Entrepreneur Summit. These are events that teach you strategies from the experts, lessons learned from the trenches, and connections to take your business to the next level. Welcome to another episode of season three of the Entrepreneur Summit podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and we are so excited to be back for our third year. Once again, we'll be in Frisco, Texas, and this year we are moving to a two-day event on June 18th and 19th. Now, what's unique about this is you can come for one day or you can come for two days, however you'd like to buy your ticket. We have a one-day option, a two-day option, and a VIP option that gets you into the VIP happy hour in addition to the two-day event. So you can see our entire lineup get your tickets, use code GUEST, G-U-E-S-T, for 20% off, all over at eSummitEvents.com, eSummitEvents.com. Before we get into this episode, I want to first thank our sponsors. First, we have IKEA, and IKEA in Frisco is right next to our venue over at the uh, convention center in Frisco, and they are it's a beautiful facility. They're all about helping business owners with their spaces. So whether you are a solo person with your uh, home office, they will help you redesign that entire thing. Or if you've got an office building that you need some help with with design, utilize their design center because I'm telling you, they are amazing. So check them out. Of course, ikea.com and then specifically to the Frisco one just off 121 and the tollway. We also are welcoming, once again, for the third year in a row, the Frisco EDC. Frisco is a suburb of Dallas, if you don't know about it, and is literally one of the fastest growing cities in America and has has just been voted the best place to start a small business. So it kind of worked out perfectly that we uh, launched our Entrepreneur Summit here and we continue to be here. So the Frisco Economic Development Center is an incredible organization bringing great companies here to Frisco. If you're thinking about starting a business, if you've got a business, you need a great place to build it. I'm telling you, I'm not sure there's a better place to do that than Frisco, Texas. Our other sponsor we want to thank is Salesforce. Salesforce has an incredible suite of products for small businesses. They'll be at this year's summit in addition to helping business owners learn how to utilize some of these amazing tools to streamline set some processes in, save some time, save some money. They'll be here to help you do just that. So check them out over at salesforce.com. And again, you'll be able to meet them on June 18th and 19th at the summit. So go get your tickets now. Hurry up. EastSummitEvents.com. Again, use code guest. And uh, here is our next episode of the podcast. All right. Welcome to another episode of season three of the Entrepreneur Summit podcast. I have another incredible speaker here, Dr. Susan O'Malley. Dr. Susan, welcome. Thank you so much. So nice to see you. You too. I had the opportunity to meet you, I guess it's been a couple years ago. You were on my Starters Club podcast. Yes, I was. I love your story because you have a a great story of not giving in to life when it kind of had you down a little bit. You um, You were a single mom, correct? I was a single mom. Yes. I, uh, I was a single mom who went to medical school six months pregnant. Yes. And you were, <laughs> and you were in your 30s during that time, too, that it wasn't uh, like... I was. Yes. Yeah. So you started yeah, life... So I, I was a, yeah, I was a secretary for uh, 10 years, so, you know, all through my 20s. I was a secretary. 
um, in the 70s when you could find a man to marry you. And uh, that was my goal, you know, was to find a man to marry me, which, you know, by 29, I realized <laughs> this is not working. We need another plan. And I uh, went back to college and because um, I only had a year. I went back to college. I uh, was going to be a nutritionist, found that I had a love of science and a love of medicine, set my sights on becoming a doctor and graduated at the top of my class at 33 years old and was promptly rejected from every medical school in the country. Did not see that coming. And uh, I reapplied because I just was not going to, you know, I wasn't ready to give up. You know, I finally found my dream. 33, I finally found my dream. And uh, I applied again, which is a year-long process. I was accepted three weeks before school started to Mount Sinai in New York City. I was six months pregnant, and I didn't have a husband. And I remember people asking me, what are you going to do? And I said, what are you talking about? What am I going to do? I'm going. I'm going for it. Like everything I ever wanted came at the same time, and I'm not willing to give anything up. And now here we are many years later, and I dragged that baby through medical school and through internship and through residency and through the emergency room and through entrepreneurship, and he's now 31 years old, and everybody is, is happy and life is good. I love it. I'm getting teary. I love stories yeah. like this because, you know, as, as a mom, as women, it, it's very yeah. overwhelming. So anyway, yeah. I love this, this story because it really, it's never too late to start. It's never too, you know, it might, it probably wasn't the ideal circumstance for you, but we, we make it work for a dream that we have. And I, and I love this. And You've worked now in the emergency rooms. You run a business. You've written a book, uh, Tough Cookies Don't Crumble. Uh, you've got all this great experience now behind you because you took a chance and you didn't give up, and I love it. And you're going to talk leadership at the summit. And I'm excited about this topic because for me, I always thought leaders were – leaders were born and leaders like it was, I was waiting for this permission, if you will, this permission mm -hmm. for somebody to say, all right, Aaron, you're good enough to lead. Yeah. Now go ahead and lead. Um, and it, I get in kind of some ways it came a little bit like people gave me opportunities, but I also, it, I wasn't going to take it until I really saw that in myself and, and believed in it. Yeah. So I think the, the biggest question I want to ask is when it comes to a leader, is this, an ability that you're born with, or is it something that can truly be learned and, um, and grown that way? Yeah. So I think that it's, that's such an interesting question because, uh, there's so much now about, you see these memes all around, um, little girls, um, I'm not bossy. I'm a leader. Yeah. No, I think you're bossy, <laughs> which is a whole other story. But I, I believe that leadership can be learned because when I was a little girl, I and, and through my 20s, I wasn't a leader. I was so happy to be in the background noise of life. It, it was, I mean, I found a comfortable place back there. And uh, it wasn't until I got into medicine and... Um, and, and, it, you know, then I learned how to do it. And I was a, a, a reluctant leader at first because I didn't think I was smart enough. 
And I didn't think I had any kind of experience, like who's going to listen to me? Yeah. And, um, but it was, uh, so I, I do believe, so the long winded answers to your question is I believe it can be learned. Because, well, oh, go ahead. No, no go ahead. No, I was going to say to your point too, like we were talking beforehand and you brought up, I think we hold ourselves back from leading because we question everything. And you had talked about even now, you're like, well, I don't have the corporate side to me. You know, I'm medical, I'm this. And we convince ourselves, well, I can't lead because fill in whatever blank you put into that. Um, how How did you get over that? So in the emergency room, you have to get over it because people are depending on you. Every time I stepped onto that EO floor, it was different. Patients were different. Staff was different. Challenges were different. But it was me. I was the common denominator. And sometimes people all get along very nicely, and sometimes they don't. And... You know, you have to, as a leader, I think one of the most important things is um, to be nice. I mean, how simple is that? How silly does that sound? Oh, be nice. But, you know, if people like you, they will go to the mat for you. If people don't like you, you are on your own. They'll go through the motions. They'll look like they're doing stuff. But in the end, the only one you sabotage is yourself. So how I got over it was uh, like, like we do anything really gradually, you know, it's like you don't even think you're doing it. And then one day you look back and you say, wow, I've, I've come a long way. Look how far I've come from that, you know, scared intern who stepped foot on the, on the, on the hospital floor with her knees knocking to, you know, years later, um, being the one in charge of a life or death situation in the emergency room where everyone is depending on you. Everyone is looking to you for guidance. What do we do next? What do we tell the family? What do we, you know, everything. So it's, it's gradual. And if I can impress upon people, the most important thing I think is to just just, just treat people the way we'd want to be treated. It, it doesn't matter who's in charge, who's not in charge. You know, at, at one point during, during any day, you're either leading or you're following. We're all, it's the same thing. So, you know. But I think, too, there's this misconception that you have to be bossy and hard on people mm-hmm. in order to get them to work. And you have to, um, you know, be mean because you don't want to be everybody's friend, right? Like that you need to have them work for you versus be your buddy. And if you, if you're buddies, then it hurts. And how, what's that balance of, cause you're like, well, be nice. Well, sometimes you can be too nice and you get walked all over. So what's that balance? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, there are boundaries mm-hmm. and, um, the, and the leader sets the tone. So, um, you know, if you're frenetic, so is your team. If you're, if you don't treat people with respect, nobody is going to treat you with respect. No one is going to treat anybody on your, anyone else on their team with respect. And so you can be respectful, you can be approachable, you can be friendly, and you don't have to be a doormat. And you don't have to be everybody's buddy, and you don't have to be going out at five o'clock and having drinks with everybody. And you can still be 
well liked. I was mm-hmm. I was beloved in the emergency room, and it's so funny because I was the kind of doctor where they used to call me the black cloud. The shift could be going so well, and and for well in the emergency room, it's a whole different thing. Like a good day in the emergency room is when nobody shows up. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. A good day in business is like, if nobody shows up, that's not a good day. Right. You know, like they could be having a great day. I would walk onto the floor and they would groan. Oh no, because within 30 minutes, chaos, the place was just chaos, but I was so beloved. People would do anything for me because I was just like, I, I was who I was. I was a nice person. We teach our children, please and thank you. One of the first things we teach our children, we get into a leadership position, we forget how to say please and thank you. Why is that? You know, I mean, I never asked anybody to do anything that I would not or had not done myself in my career. I never I never snapped at people. I No matter how crazy it got, I, I just didn't. I, maybe maybe that's who I am, but and you know, and, and so this is interesting because as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm 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 wondering in my mind if who you are really comes out. I would agree with that. I yeah. would, uh, yeah. yeah, or insecurities. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I know yeah. some leaders have insecurities of. Um, are you smarter than me? Are you better than me? Are you like, are you going to take over? I think that comes out as you're leading. Yeah. And I have all those insecurities. I I mean, uh, are you kidding? I I have all those insecurities. Uh, I, especially in the emergency room, I had all those insecurities. You know, I, I don't know the answer. What is happening here? Do you not, you know, but here's, here's one thing that I always did in the emergency room. Even though I was the one in charge, I always ask people, what do you think? What do you think? I like that. I didn't have all the answers. I was in charge, but it didn't mean I had all the answers. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try that. Okay, let's try that. But you're the ultimate decision maker. Absolutely. You just let them have input. And I think this is really important as you're building teams because, um, you know, uh, Tracy Tim is coming. We, were, we did a podcast about attracting and keeping the right talent. Everybody wants to be hurt. That's when it comes down to the end of the day, we want to feel we're heard and we want to feel we're, we're impacting something in yeah. some way. Right. We and don't want to be seen. We want to be heard and we want to be validated and appreciated. And that's it. That's the secret. Yes. And if you can do that, that's, that's the key. And I remember, um, you know, in my first business, I was building a team and that was, I was strict. I didn't put up with anything. Like you, you broke my trust. You were gone. Period. Mm -hmm. End of story done. But I had your back always. And, you know, like I remember one girl being in, in, in trouble at home, you know, abusive boyfriend. And I'm like, you have a place to stay here. You have a place to live so you can get on your feet. Like I wasn't her BFF, but I took care of her. And those girls would have done anything for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's, that's super important. I want to talk about leadership styles. Um, You know, there's, there's several out there. Is it a one size fits all or do you as a leader have to understand the differences and kind of on an, on a situational basis, maybe maneuver and change? 
I think uh, the key to life is maneuvering and changing and adapting to every situation as it comes. Because like there were times in the emergency room when even though it was a life or death situation, you could, I think it was depending on the team for me, and this may not really translate that well into business because you have the same team, but in the emergency room, I would always have a different team. Mm. So, uh, you know, you know who you can trust and you know who, you know, who knows more than somebody else. And, you know, but, um, you know, there were times when it could be really pleasant and still get the job done and be in a life and death situation. And then there were other times, I, I remember one time, you know, this young woman, 35 years old, was was dying right in front of us mm. from an allergic reaction. And, you know, the nurse, you know, said to me, oh, I can't get the IV. I remember the exact words out of my mouth. I looked at him right in the face. I said, get it. Like, I don't have time to fool around. Right. Get it. <laughs> and he told me that story when I left and it was at his party at my party and he said, You scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to do that. I mean, sometimes a simple, can you get it, please, is a good yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got it. You know? Yeah. And she lived. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, I can't imagine the pressure. I just yeah. I'm not a pressure girl. I I don't, I create, I can't imagine the pressure. And like, I, like you have to make decisions now and do them now, or there's, there, there will be, there are people's lives on the line. So I can't imagine that. And you know, it seems like split second decisions, but it's, it's not really because it's, you, you go right to your training. Yeah. So it might be a split second decision, but it's not, you know, it's not an off the cuff because you, you go, you have to go right to your training. What do I know? What could it be? What could, you know, so, but it, it, it can get, it did get a little crazy. Yeah. I'm glad, I can have, I'm glad I don't anymore. <laughs> well, it's just that level of stress. Like yeah. I know even with the summit, I'm like, there's a few months of constant stress I have to live under. I can't imagine knowing that that was waiting for me at work every single day. Um, I want to talk about another misconception with leadership and merging leadership and management as kind of in the same bucket. Can you talk about the difference of managing people versus leading them? So I believe that managing people is leading people is to get people to, to follow you to, to, as I said before, you know, to, to go to the mat for you. Managing people is more to me putting things in boxes. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense yeah. to you. It's just, um, you know, it, it's a whole different thing when, when, um, uh, I, my, my, the, the whole, it's like a runaway train in my brain. <laughs> my brain is constantly runaway train, so don't feel bad. <laughs> but, but I think that managing is more, um, uh, like, like running a household or like parenting. Okay. Like in parenting, there are times when you manage where you say, oh, you have to do this. We have to do that. We have to go here. We have to go there. But your ultimate goal as a parent is to, to make a leader. Right. So if that is a, an analogy that, that is helpful to you, I, I think that it, it's, that is more the difference. And leaders have to manage 
but not all managers know how to lead. Yeah. How do you, how do you assess your leadership style? So you're in the trenches, like you're, you, you, you're running a business, you know, and let's, let's be honest as business owners, we are fine by the seat of our pants. We're kind of, most of the time we hire without thinking about how am I going to lead this person? Right. It's like, I need help now. So I'm just going to hire somebody to do that. And there's, we're not thinking things through at a, at a, at a full picture level. So let's say somebody's listening. They've got a, they've got some team, they've got a team, they've got a business that's growing, but they're, they need to take that step back and say, how am I leading people? How am I doing at this? And how can I do better? Right. How do you, how do you begin to analyze your style and then, you know, make shifts and adjustments? So I have a couple of strategies that worked for me in the emergency room. Um, As I said before, one was asking for help. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think? What do you think? Um, uh, Another one was, first of all, you have to accept responsibility. You have to accept your role as the leader because, you know, you're the one. Everyone is looking to you and you're the one and you can't abdicate that role. You have to accept that role. I think that for me, I found, and my leadership style, I realized, was not something that I knew in the moment, but was that I realized looking back. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, and, and I realized looking back that what made me a successful doctor, not only a successful doctor like, oh, I knew the answer, I could save your life, but a successful doctor that people loved working with me. People are still in touch with me many years later. What was that? And that was a combination of things. That was, I valued everybody. It didn't matter what you did. Uh, I spoke to the janitor. People were so busy, no one spoke to the janitor. If if the janitor didn't do his job, could I do my job? No. No. You know, I I valued everybody. If I asked somebody to do something for me, get an x-ray, do a blood test, blah, 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 I would let them know what what the answer was because I made everybody feel like they were part of the team because they were. If I made a mistake, I think one of the most important um, sentences that could come out of a leader's mouth is, that was my mistake. Yes. I agree. People don't say that. I think that is one of the most underused words in the world. Like, just yeah. say it. It's okay. Ooh, that was my mistake. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, and this, I think, might have been um, just inert for me, but the crazier things got, the calmer I got. I just went into myself because I was problem solving in my head. But as I said at the beginning of this, the leader sets the tone. And if you are frenetic, so is your team. And if you're happy, so is your team. Mm. So there were, you know, it wasn't just one thing. And it wasn't that I realized it while I was there. It was all looking back for me. Yeah. That that I realized my style. And I think my style, if I had to put a label on it, was um, approachable. Um, But but with a high standard. I, I I have a high standard for myself. So I would have a high standard for you too. 
And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. So how do you lead now? Because I know you have, uh, you know, a business that you run. You yeah. have. So has it been? Um, I know how I. I know how I am. This is how it is. Are you adjusting constantly, or how has that transformed now that you've been able to reflect back and it kind of makes a little more sense? You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes sense yeah. why you were successful versus you were just kind of in the moment of it. How does that? How do you? How is that pushed forward in your life? So now it's a totally different life for me. And it's, I, I only have one other person on my team. She's been with me for 10 years. So we're more that like partners. Something, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're more like partners than, you know, you know, I mean, that's, that's how we are. And I do all the medical stuff and she does everything else. And I don't micromanage her and question where I don't even know what she's doing, but I have that kind of that level of trust that she's got my back and, and I have her back. And so, you know, we, we've been able to blend that. Um, and, uh, so that, that's kind of, oh, you know what I just, oh, Erin, I'm so sorry. I, I'm telling you, I have Alzheimer's brain today. <laughs> we didn't repeat the question because I want to make no, sure. Just how has it, um, how has it progressed forward in your life? Yeah, like now, yeah. now that you're out of the, the emergency room, you're looking back. Yeah. How has it, yeah. Yeah, so who I was before I went into the emergency room is who I was when I got to the emergency room is who I am now. And I think that more than uh, what's my leadership style with the my one person on my team who I adore I think the bigger question is what's my leadership style with my patients who are I refer to as my ladies mm. who have been with me some for 10 15 years wow and you know and how do I manage them because these women have a tremendous amount of trust in me. You know, I, I now run a medical spa and I'm responsible for women's spaces, which I take very seriously. And uh, these women have a tremendous amount of trust in me and I tell them what they need and I tell them what they don't need. And I tell them, you know, when, when, you know, when you can wait for something and when it wouldn't be in your best interest to wait for something. And I don't lie to people. I don't, I'm not looking for, the dollar I'm looking, uh, I mean, the dollars, believe me, I like the dollar. <laughs> but no, but you're not yeah. doing it to make money. You're doing it for their best interest. Yeah, I am. Because uh, I tell them that uh, I will treat your face as if it were my own. And, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, uh, who you are, I think, inside really shines through in leadership. But I think if, if I could get one point across, it's that you don't need to prove that you're the smartest one in the room or the, or, or the, the most powerful or, you know, leadership can be, can be silent and can be really powerful. I love it. I think one of the biggest things I, as a parent, I've learned to say to my kids is, Oh, I was wrong. Or let's look, th- I don't know, or let's look that up or just these, because yeah. that's what I want that. I mean, I don't yeah. want to be, they don't need to know it all too. Like you don't need to know it all in life, but it's yeah. that ability to say, let's figure it out. Or yeah. who's yeah. the person who does know this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like I said, I was wrong. I, yeah. I'm, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Yeah. 
you know, in the emergency room, I, I would tell people, you know what, I, patients, I would tell patients, I don't have that answer. I'm going to go look it up. Yeah. Like, who knows everything? Nobody knows everything. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's an ease at that. Well, I'm excited to, to dig deeper in this one at the summit. Um, if somebody wanted to find you and get a hold of you, where could they go? Susan O'Malley, MD.com. S-U-S-A-N-O-M-A-L-L-E-Y-M-D.com. Awesome. And of course, we'll have that on our notes page. Yeah. And you'll be able to see Dr. O'Malley's talk on June 18th. So you got to get the two-day pass to come see her. But uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited you're coming down for this. I can't wait to physically meet you. I feel like we've known forever. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for coming down to do this because I think it's such an important topic. Um, I just want to push more people to believe in themselves, to believe they have what it takes, to just roll with it and do it and uh, build the business that yeah. they, they that absolutely can. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank and you. thank you. Thank you for including me in your lineup. This is so wonderful. I'm so excited for you. Third year. Go, Erin. And I can't <laughs> wait to come down and meet you in person because I feel like we've had this telephone and Facebook relationship for a couple of years, and now it's really exciting. Yes, thank 